Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, the National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But before we get to them, this incredible broadcast you're about to uh, listen to witness uh, is brought to our good brought to you by our good friends over at TechWeld USA, uh, made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA-made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. Uh, hand sanitizers due to coronavirus outbreak, still something that's going around and trending worldwide. The CDC recommends sanitizing and washing hands to help prevent the spread of the disease. They have many sanitizer SKUs that can help uh, combat the spread of the virus. Uh, they've also got a lot of FDA compliant uh, products. Uh, in a time of uncertainty, knowledge that a product is FDA compliant is key in allowing a customer to feel at ease when placing an order. So go check them out at techweld.com. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. And let them know that industry insider sent you and tell them that uh, Meg's bangs uh, brought you over that way. <laughs> Meg Herbert, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I just want to say we are very close to hitting our goal for the sleep in for good challenge and our good friends over at Chameleon Lake generously offered to match the next $2,500 in uh, donations. So if there was a week to do it, this was the time. Go to promocares.org slash sleep in for good. $9 will put you on the sleep squad. Let's do it. Donate. Very nice. That's what it. are we waiting for, people? What are we waiting for? How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Holy crap. Uh, Meg Herber asked me how I'm doing, guys. We are making we are making headway. History. Stephen I mean, McFadden, how are you? <laughs> I'm going to jot the date and time that that happened for your record, it's, Steph. It's going in a time capsule. <laughs> all right well we're joined today by a very very special guest look we've had him on before but not at this capacity uh mr dale denham is the new president and ceo of ppai uh so dale congratulations on the uh the new gig uh really excited to hear what's happened uh since you've sort of taken the reins and excited to talk to, about today's episode um, we, we're going to hit on Expo and what's happening with that. We're going to talk about, you know, maybe a, a brief uh, sort of state of the industry uh, in Dale's eyes. Uh, but before we get all to, uh, get to all that um, and much more, uh, Dale, it is customary for, for us to allow our special guests a good three to four minutes to introduce yourselves, tell us about yourself, how you got involved in the promotional products industry to begin with, and what you've been up to since. All right. Well, I I tend to think everybody knows me, but I know there's a few people who don't, but I've been in this industry 26 years, so I am still meeting people. I was at uh, an event two weeks ago where there were 100 people and I only knew about 30 of them. So reminds me not everybody, uh, despite my 30 years in the industry, have I had a chance to meet. Um, but so I started my career back in the mid 90s in this industry working for a small company called Impact that was a competitor to ASI, joined ASI in 2000 and was their senior vice president, and then worked for Geiger for the last 10 years as senior vice president and CIO. And then after, um, uh, during that time, I served on the board of directors for PPAI. And a few months ago, they called and kept calling and said, uh, we'd like you to be talking with our recruiter and talk to the recruiter and 
I won't bore you with all the detail, but I did not expect to be taking this job because I loved what I was doing. Um, I had anticipated retiring there. But the reason I took this position is I love to make a difference. And in this role, there is the ability to influence 14,000 member companies and for many, many employees' uh, livelihoods. So it's a great opportunity. And I, I really appreciate what the association has done. And as we talk a little bit more later, I'm excited about the things we can do going forward. So really, really respect where we've been and what's put us in a place to be able to do so much more going forward. Sure. Well, we're really excited to have you on. Uh, got an awesome topic. I know everybody's been hankering to get another expo live in person, and I believe we've got some news to deliver for those of you that haven't already heard. Uh, Dale, would you like to deliver the, the, the news to people that haven't heard? Yeah, expo is happening, and I'm I'm surprised that some people don't know. Yeah, right, Stephen. You know, huh? you, I'm surprised most people don't know. You, I'm not surprised that you don't know. We, <laughs> we have been dying like everybody else to have an in-person event like this, and the team was very disappointed when it had to be canceled last year. I mean, it was in the midst of of a very tough time. Now we have. 60-ish percent of our country vaccinated. And I think I read the statistics. Was it another almost million a day are being vaccinated right now? Um, and so you're, you're looking, or at least you're getting shots. So maybe, you know, some people are getting booster shots. Um, it's just changed everything. And you're seeing the trends decline in terms of both uh, new cases and hospitalizations. It's still, we're still in a bad place but it's all going the direction that we all want it to go for just life in general. Uh, and so the team is ecstatic to be able to get back to normal and have an expo this year. I was just out at, at, in Vegas two weeks ago to look at um, expo with new eyes, right? So you've been there either as exhibitors, attendees or, or what have you. And I have been for 15, 20 years, been going there. And it is awesome to attend that event. Now I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I'm looking at how, what is it to run the event? And the good news for everybody is I don't run the event. The team who runs the event still runs the event. But, but I get to credit. see, well, I get some credit, right? I got, I got to make sure they get what they need. But um, Ellen um, and Alan and Chris are amazing. Uh, they know so much and they put up with some of my dumb ideas and Ellen loves to tell me no. <laughs> Uh, she loves to tell me no. Sometimes if I have a good idea, she tells me no just to say no. She knows what she's doing. She runs the trade show now. She reports into Alan and Chris runs the operations and just amazing. And so going out there and seeing what Mandalay Bay has done, um, there's things you won't even notice that I won't bore you with. But the big news for everybody was Mandalay Bay got rid of that cobblestone walkway that you had to walk through to get to the convention center. Nice. And it's now flat and uh, it's probably the thing that everybody was most excited about when I posted on social media. <laughs> I was surprised about that. The little uh, but they, they've done a heels. Great job. It's yeah, right? It literally is dangerous. I've Meg, I don't know why I know that. I wouldn't tell who you. Who wears heels to the expo? Come on. I don't think it's heels. I don't think heels are a problem, Meg. I think it's all the people carrying their carts behind them. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's just all the extra vibration it's just it's kind of annoying we just want a nice smooth surface to roll our I mean, bags people will complain about anything won't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what's really exciting is that we're still up in the air about who is all going from this team. But as of right now, I think it is myself and Steven. We're still just still on the fence, but we will be going live from the show floor. If that's the case, Dale, we would love for you to stop by during the show and say hi. We don't know what the, we're going to do yet, but we will be doing the show live from the show floor. So. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, awesome. we, we are going to have really good attendance as well. So you'll be able to have a great audience if you can get people to to see you wherever you are and let us know where you're going to be doing it we'll try to steer a few people your way oh how fun for sure for sure well, so Dale, I don't... Oh, go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead. No, it's your turn Stephen. you talk <laughs> <laughs> so i i know um the question people are probably wondering is you know what type of precautions or limitations will be coming from both i guess nevada and or the convention itself i'm, I'm actually attending a the conference next week, which is in California, and they're requiring us to like upload our vaccination stuff ahead of time and things like that. Do you know about anything that's come through from that direction on on stuff for the show that's going to be required for people or people need to be looking out for or any info to share? Great you question. Ask the question that's on everybody's mind. So let me ask you a question. The event you're going to next week, mm -hmm. uh, is it a relatively small event? Uh, 700 plus. Okay. So. So there's very few large events that are requiring that, CES being one of them. CES is requiring um, vaccination. Um, we are taking the approach for a number of different reasons that whatever the state or local or, or Mandalay Bay requires is what we're going to follow. And, and I could give you a lot of different reasons for that, including one, frankly, that I want to stay out of politics. And while this is a health issue, yeah. it's also become a political issue for better or for worse. Yeah. But, but the reality of the situation is we are not the experts. We, we should not, as PPAI, be telling each of you what to do with your decisions. So we leave that to the CDC, the government, whether you trust them or don't trust them, they're the, they're the bodies that are, are there. Um, if Mandalay Bay is requiring something, we will follow their rules. And to give you an example, it, it would be sort of silly for us to say, okay, yeah, you have to follow these rules on the show floor, but then you walk into Mandalay Bay and the right. rules don't apply. Right. So Fair. the consistency yeah. really is, let's just follow the state and local guidelines, Mandalay Bay guidelines. I was there uh, 10 days, two weeks ago. Everybody was still required to wear a mask and still is at this point. If that's the requirement when we get there, that's the requirement when we'll have. But that included gambling, that everything. They required it everywhere. The cases are falling. If they fall low enough, there will be no mask mandate. Um, if the government doesn't require us to do a vaccine mandate, we will not. But if they do, we already have something in place that we've prepared for that will make it easy for everybody so it doesn't become a big hassle when you get there. Uh, so we're prepared for it, but I, I would say it's highly unlikely there'll be a vaccine mandate. The mask mandate is gonna be up to the um, Mandalay Bay basically. So Dale, with the vaccine mandate, would they offer the option to, you know, negative tests upon arrival before you get there, that type of thing? That would be my guess. Because uh, okay. even if you look at the federal mandate for government contractors, that's an option. Okay. So I would be surprised if they didn't um, provide that option. That, and Meg, that's actually how the conferences that I'm going to as well. You have that option as well. As it should be. You know, if you already have the antibodies and you, you know, you're, you're proven with the test negative tests, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be an issue. So and that's frankly, good. I would encourage anybody attending who is, is vaccinated or not to get tested. Why not? Because exactly. Yeah. 
it, it would be great if we were all feeling confident. I'm not gonna require it again, unless somebody does, but I'm gonna test because I'm gonna be interacting with a ton of people. So I wanna have the best chance. Now it's a whole at home test. You can still get those. So I will be doing that. Um, and I would encourage other people to do that for the safety of everybody else. Sure. Yeah, I actually went online and ordered one just to have with me because I am traveling next week and it's an at-home test, but the insurance covers it. It was just went in for my insurance information and I got it in the mail like the next day. So Great. it's good to take with you and travel or you can pick them up somewhere. I know Rite Aid CS has them as well. But whatever you, whatever people are comfortable with, they can come and there will be some people who, whether it's a mask mandate or not, will wear a mask. Maybe it'll be an N95. Oh, yeah. And that's really what I say is, this is an important place to do business. There's, I've talked to several suppliers. There's still a bunch of new products coming out at Expo. There is nothing like being able to interact with supplier, salespeople, distributor salespeople face-to-face and talk about the needs of the clients and get ideas. It, it, yes, Zoom is great. It's worked wonders for us, but it is not the same. It is subpar to the in-person experience. We all know that. It serves a purpose when you're doing a one, you know, one person is talking, but when there's a lot of interaction, let's get in person. So people who are slightly uncomfortable, grab those N95 or KN95 masks, show up there, and you're just as protected as any doctor or nurse wearing them. So yeah. 100%. I think we all appreciate that. And, you know, just speaking on behalf of myself, yeah, just having those options and being flexible like that. Um, there was a question. I, I don't know, Jeff, I, it just slipped me. So I don't know if you have another question. It was yeah, about that. I was just going to say, if, if, uh, if, if for some reason I'm not permitted to come, a hidware is exhibiting, oh, right? If for yeah. some reason I'm not permitted to come, uh, please, you know, send me plenty of pictures and messages and make me, uh, you know, really have the FOMO that I'm probably going to have with or without all of that information. So, uh, but look, guys, registration is open. Uh, Expo is January 11th through the 13th. Uh, obviously, if you're exhibiting, you're going to want to set up before that. Uh, so plan accordingly, but uh, it's it's open now, like as of five seconds ago. So go, 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 yes. go, go. And, and can I tell you two two things? One, don't forget the conference is on January 10th, and there's going to be some great speakers on the 10th. Right. But for those who are looking for a more cost-effective uh, room, hotel, uh, hotel room, the Luxor has upgraded all their rooms, and the prices of Luxor is cheaper than Mandalay Bay. Yes, it's a little bit more of a walk but their rooms are beautiful. And I wouldn't have said that last year. So that's the <laughs> other thing. I do get those rooms booked early as well, because at some point they released those rooms and it was packed when I was in Vegas. So, you know, it's funny. We, we just did all of our, our booking and registration, but Mandalay prices were, were surprisingly lower than it, previous we, years. We too. negotiated really good rates this year. The yeah. early bird rates, I forget when they expire, but get them in now yeah uh, and get your, get your flights booked now too because flight rates yep. are actually pretty good and you get you still get good seats you wait too long you get stuck in that middle seat Very yeah. true. remember vegas is i mean their number one industry is tourism and and you know so i mean yeah if they've been hurting so yeah i mean i would imagine any nice good conference like a ces or a ppai is going to be able to get you know business back in into vegas and uh, i would imagine you know they're they're going to be willing to work for sure I remember hey, Dale, my, any, um, oh, go ahead. You remember to go. go make, <laughs> I remember come. my question. It had to do because um, with registration. So um, when you register, it also asks you if you would want to exhibit at direct to you. So you guys are, are you guys doing them simultaneously? Are you going to do it at a different time? How's that going to work? Or you guys don't know yet. It's just. Oh, sure. We know. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> we talked about, uh, we've had some people say, oh, we'd love you to do it at the same time. The reality is suppliers don't really have enough staff overall to properly man both booths. 
the direct to you online event was very successful, uh, far better than I would have guessed. And so we're going to do that again because it was so successful. It'll be great for the people who can't make it, but it's also going to be great for the people who do make it, who want to have follow-up conversations. So that'll take place in a few weeks after Expo takes place, not at the same time. Okay. Are now. you considering regional calendars when, when that is booked? Like, I don't know if it's, if it's already actually booked or not, but I know there's a lot of regionals that typically have their winter showcases sort of end of January, beginning of February. It, it is already booked. And we did look at that for those that we knew, you know, as well as I do, it is so <laughs> hard to keep up with every event. And we're pretty good with the regionals. They tend to tell us information, yep. but everybody has been waiting a little longer this year um, to decide what dates they were doing things. So I'm not aware of any conflicts at this point. Cool. All right. You guys have any other questions or go ahead, Steven. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, since registration has been up for a little bit, any, any insight on numbers? Like, is it looking pretty good for, for uh, registration so far? Yeah. So um, I I've been forecasting that we'll be somewhere between 50 to 80% of 2020 attendance, which was a great year. And our booth sales are going to be somewhere in the 70 to 75%. So we're still going to have well over 2,000 booths, which is phenomenal. Uh, we have some suppliers who've been increasing their booth size. We've had a few that have downsized a little bit. And we have a few that are opting out. But we have almost 1,000 exhibitors. So we're basically at the same number we've been in previous years. That's great. Um, we're going to be larger than any other show by at least four times, maybe five times. Um, we're in a really good position from the exhibitor side as well. The attendees, we really aren't going to know for several more weeks. Um, we're well within my range right now. We're not as close to 80% as I'd like to be. The issue, what we're, we're finding is people are still kind of taking a wait and see approach on COVID. But I suspect now that we'll end up in that 70% range, which would give us a perfect balance. You know, in the trade show business, you try to have a ratio. So if it's five attendees to every booth or every exhibitor, we're going to be basically where we were. And what, from what I've been hearing, the people who have been coming to the in-person events so far this year are the people that the exhibitors want to see. And so it's really, I think, going to end up being a fantastic show for both sides. Yeah, I think everyone is very excited. I think we, none of us got to go to Chicago and we all were like, oh, we missed out. We really felt like that. And I think with this show coming back and it's the premiere show every year and I think so many people are looking forward to it. You probably will get a lot of last minute registrations, people waiting to see what's going to happen. So that yeah. could push us over my 80% target if yeah. that happens. And that's yeah. that's sort of what we're thinking might, but we're going to keep our expectations set relatively low. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, uh, to your point, Dale, like if you want to get uh, in a hotel that's anywhere close to there, you're probably going to want to book earlier. I wouldn't put it off if you're planning on going. Uh, I mean, obviously, you'll be able to find accommodation somewhere if you do choose to wait till the last minute. But, uh, you know, it's always easier if you book early. So for sure, get in there and get it booked. Um, all right. Well, if no, we don't have any other questions for Expo, we can move on to our next topic of discussion. Ooh. There was one. Uh, there was one Facebook question um, it, regarding uh, <laughs> Expo. Do you know if there's any plans for any outside events? Ooh. Yes. So um, we are talking with a couple of different groups that are hosting events. I can't tell you yet where our Wednesday night party is going to be, but it is going to be very significant. And uh, when that news mm. comes out, people will be very happy. Um, there will be there will be some events outside in terms of networking events as well. 
And of course, when you're in the exhibit hall, it's a big wide open, lots of air circulation and such. You know, the most dangerous place is going to be the elevators. So bring your masks for the elevators. <laughs> uh, the elevators and, and eye yeah. candy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> at least eye candy, you can separate. If you get on the dance floor, you can't. But if you can, you know. <laughs> When's the last time you were at eye candy, Dale? Okay, I'm old, but when I went there, you can stand <laughs> on the edge of the eye candy and, you know, there's no, watch. there's no edge anymore. You yeah. just walk it's by a, and hope no one recognizes you because then once you it, get pulled in, it's like, oh. And thank you, Javier, for the question. Appreciate it. Yeah, really good question. All right. Uh, well, why don't we uh, why don't we move on to sort of the state of the industry type of uh, questions? Um, I know, obviously, there's uh, some legislation that we're talking about, global logistics issues, um, the Ocean Shipping Reform Act. Uh, you know, we yeah, can, let's talk about that. Like, what yeah, is so how, that? how are you going to fix it exactly? All? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's so, your plan, I mean, Dale? PAI, we're going to fix the world's global logistics <laughs> issues. Oh, uh, really, that 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 particular, I, I do hope everybody will will go out to our website and click the link to support that. This is essentially giving our the government more ability to push. Um, right now, the the law that was enacted was in 1998. There's all sorts of changes that should have happened in the last 20 years that didn't. So you can, you can book freight without having capacity. It creates all sorts of problems. So it's really just limiting the oversight of what the federal government and the different bodies that are supposed to be managing that, they can't really enforce anything. So it's to better give them power to enforce the laws that should be there and to change the laws that haven't been changed. Um, we all know, and it's just you know, the best state of the industry I can give you right now is what you're living every day, everybody else is living. Um, supply chain, logistics, it's a nightmare. Labor is a nightmare. Everybody is facing it. Every distributor I'm talking with is telling me it's taking me six calls to follow through on an order that used to take one call or 20 calls instead of five calls. The, the, the state of the industry is people are spending way more time to get the same amount of business done, supplier and distributor. Yep. And logistics is a huge part of that. And while we can't truly solve this problem alone, this does give our government some tools if they follow through on it. And it should be a bipartisan issue. Yeah, I was going to say, I know um, in some cases, some of the legislation promo has not always been on the side of, it seems like the majority of retail. And it seems like this is one of the, one of the bigger issues where I can't imagine anyone especially the anyone that's importing is going to be on the opposite side. You know, they, everyone needs something done. So it puts us on the right, kind of a, a more popular side of the table. Of, of this it issue. should give us a chance to have our government completely work together and do yeah. something. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere that's going to be hurt by it. Um, and, I, you know, people don't like regulation. And I think that's the one sort of negative. But this is really regulating the carriers of the, the shipping. And right now they're a monopoly. You know, they've bought up all the little players and that's why we, that's one of the reasons we have this problem. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, typically I, I wouldn't be for regulation. But there's a lot of good stuff in there that, and so you, like you said, it should be bipartisan for sure. Uh, I think my concern, uh, you know, one of the things that was mentioned in there was something about, uh, you know, the actual, the, the, like the cost of a container and not being able to sort of exponentially just increase that. Um, but I mean, who, who actually sets the cost of that container? I mean, is that the, is that, let's say China or whatever, whoever the exporter is or how, how, how no, it's, that, it's the work? shipping company basically, um, okay. you know, so people are reserving space on there. So they're charging whatever. And then whoever has bought that space is in control of that, 
um, you know, if you could, an argument could be made that it's like the expo, we buy the hall, right? And then we give people different spaces and we could charge, we could say, oh, we're almost sold out. So we're going to raise the rates. And what they do is they say, oh, we are sold out. You've already committed to this. So we're going to say, you know what? You're not as important as this guy. I'm going to raise your rates or we're, we're going to honor your contract, but 12 weeks from now. And that's what's happening. And so that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, that makes total sense for sure. Okay. All right. Well, um, any other questions as far as the Ocean Shipping Reform Act or anything else you guys want to touch on? I know. Um, very quickly. Today, there's something going on today. Stephen, what's today? No, uh, it's, it's not. I'm looking at my, looking at my calendar here. I That's think weird. It, I have birthday announcements on Facebook on my watch. Dale, so, did you lie to us? Is today your birthday? No, no Jeff. Talking about no, me. Jeff. Ha- so happy birthday, Jeff. Sorry we uh, didn't say it in the beginning. How old are you today? Uh, old enough. There's plenty old of gray in the beard. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Jeff. Uh, Thank you. Well, I think the main topic, aside from Jeff's birthday, that we all really want to know, mm. I mean, drum roll, please. Like what, now that you are president of PPAI, what is going to happen to the industry 18 list that you put out every year that people work their entire lives all year to be on? What Just to be on that, that list. Like that's literally the only reason they do it, you know? For the record, right. I did fully the most nail the entire thing. year once. <laughs> Just well, um, funny, Meg, because I have actually had other people ask me this question and I've answered it privately. Um, oh. <laughs> the question, you know, it is a little odd to have in my role, a list that I pers- personally name people to. Um, most of the, in fact, all of the things that PPAI does is done through either committees or different groups of people that name things. We as, as staff and me and my role, we don't make those decisions. And I'm glad because if you don't win an award, I don't want you looking at me. But the online 18 is one of those that um, I have thought about whether I would give it to somebody else but I am going to keep it for at least one more year. Um, and what I will probably do is have a little bit more input and influence. I always have gotten a lot of influence, but I will retain the final ranking and list on my own. Um, I think it's kind of fun. And well, unfortunately- Dale, I don't know if you know this or not, but somebody on this podcast has actually gone viral on TikTok. Really? Yeah. Who would that be? Uh, I don't know. It might've been, might been bangs up there. I'm not sure. <laughs> Is, is that the TikTok name, Bangs? No. <laughs> oh, it should be. <laughs> yeah, Meg did go viral. No, Meg Gerber was... went viral on TikTok uh, because she she likes to throw raging parties and cops get called. You know. Oh. Well. It was my kids riding the cul-de-sac. Okay, cul-de-sac Ken <laughs> called the police on us, and I'm just. <laughs> so. It, it almost has a million views. <laughs> Is oh it really up to a million? So, Dale, I say that just to say this. I don't think anybody on your on your industry 18 list has ever really <laughs> gone viral before. So, I mean, I feel like Meg Gerber probably deserves number one this year. I'm just saying. Well, if if the criteria was for going viral, then yes. But there is a little bit of business criteria in there. Totally well, understand. So. The fact that she's throwing ragers at her house is not something that's going to. But, but I now I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, unfortunately for me, I am not on TikTok because I'm told it is a time sink. Um, so I'm going to have to count on, you know, some help for people to both view your video as, as well as take into you know what, account Dale? that group of people. 
I might actually, there may be hope for me to get on this list after all. If you're not on TikTok, <laughs> I might have a chance. <laughs> no. I'm not on no. TikTok either. No chance. Fair no enough. Chance. <laughs> right. Any other questions for our esteemed guest? Uh, no, I, Dale, I've just known you for so long since your ASI days. And I just, I'm generally happy for you. I think this is a great move for not only you, not only for PPAI, but our entire industry. You have three new board members that are amazing. Um, and I think yes. the future of this industry is in the best hands that it has been in. And I think that they're going to do an amazing job. And I'm glad that I'm part of it. So just kudos to you and your team. It's awesome job. Thank you. The, the only other question I'd, I'd ask, you know, obviously there was a transition period, you know, with you coming in, you know, how, how was that like? Is any shout outs to the staff or just any, anything about the transition you want to share? Yeah, first of all, I'll go back to, you know, Paul Bellantone. I think he did a great job leading the industry for years. He also did a great job recognizing that he knew that the end of the association needed to change. And it's hard to change when you've built something. And he stepped out, I think, largely because of that. He also stepped out in a way that left room for me or whomever else to come in. And I uh, applaud and appreciate Paul for that. He's doing what he needs to be doing to run his business um, and stays very supportive. And I appreciate that. And of course, Bob stepped up in the interim and kept things going and made a lot of good decisions. And think about this. This is at a time when all of our businesses were in upheaval and the association lost its largest revenue source and its most profitable revenue source. And the team worked through all that. And just like most of your teams stretched to the end and I, I am so thankful to them. We, we do have a great team and they continue to be great and we're working together really well. Time will tell um, how much longer they can put up with all my chaos that I caused. <laughs> I'm definitely bringing lots of new ideas and energy, but they seem to be enjoying it, embracing it. But yeah, the, the team did a fantastic job in a really tough situation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I know they put a lot of time and effort into it too. Uh, you know, having having been on you know different boards and committees, uh, and just doing you know the the monthly meeting is a lot, you know. But and the other stuff in between. But I mean, I know they were meeting on a weekly basis, trying to figure out you know everything that's happening, how they're going to go. So I mean, I know you guys are as well as prepared as you possibly could be for anything that's happening. Uh, you've got an incredible team there. So really excited to see what's uh, on the horizon for PPAI and Expo and all things uh, beyond. So we have, we have a lot of good things that we're talking about and planning. We are not yet um, going to share those, but by Expo, <laughs> we'll be sharing some of those. And so well, the well, most important thing is to have everybody show up at Expo and let's get back to business. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. You guys have any other questions for, for Dale? I'm good. Your silence <laughs> is deafening. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, look. If uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, well, first of all, Dale, really appreciate you uh, coming My on, pleasure. joining us again. Uh, I know you're extremely busy, you know, planning big like conferences and stuff, like whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> birthday parties for Jeff. Yeah. 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 Uh, but look, I really appreciate you coming on incredible guest wealth of knowledge and, uh, you know, very, uh, very excited to have had you. Uh, but this bro uh, broadcast was brought to you by our good friends at TechWeld USA made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer a many or offer many USA made products to help separate themselves from a promotional products pack. You don't have to worry about their shipping containers when they're made in the USA. 
but look, uh, they've got custom packaging as well. Uh, who doesn't love a nice custom package with their product? And they love to create new every day with their custom packaging division. It's a great example of that uh, each box takes on a life of its own and they can work to meet your custom packaging specifications. And uh, they're also, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but TechWeld is known for their sunglasses. Let me tell you, they won the Distributor Choice Awards in the sunglass category. And uh, they've got many, uh, many sunglass categories uh, or many uh, SKUs in the sunglass category and their FDA approved UVA and UVB protection. Uh, really awesome products. Go check them out at techweld.com. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D. You will not be sorry that you did. Guys, uh, thank you for joining us. It was uh, wonderful to have you again, Dale, and uh, looking forward to Expo. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.